Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Super Bowl is one week away, and millions nationwide will be heading to the grocery store to buy viewing party snacks. An estimated 1.4 billion wings were eaten for the big game in recent years. But this year, wings and hamburgers are seeing the highest price increases, up to 26%. So think about substituting pork, up only 7%. Mmm, I will think about substituting it. (laughs) I don't don't know. I'm standing there at the concession stand at the Super Bowl. No burger for me. Give me something pork-related. I am. Uh, I just. I don't like anytime anybody says Super Bowl instead of the Super Bowl. I know. I hate that. <laughs> I don't know why it drives me so crazy. It just sounds weird. Who decided well, that and when? I don't know. But well, undecided. Decide otherwise. Decide not to be an idiot. I can't wait for World Series. Says nobody ever. I say the in front of everything, though. I say the Walmart, the Target, the COVID. It's quaint. My kids make fun of me all the time for that. Oh, polling just in. Between Neil Young and Joe Rogan. Oh, boy. I'd like to know how they ask this poll and to who, but according to a new poll, rock and roll legend Neil Young has a 10-point advantage in net favorability compared to podcaster Joe Rogan. Net favorability. Who I'm guessing a whole bunch of people answered the question, having heard from the mainstream media that Joe Rogan is some sort of right winger because that's the way he's being portrayed. And so they just went with the automatic, well, I don't like right wingers. That means you've never listened to his show or his guests because he is not a anything winger. No, no. Which I think is his appeal. Well, that's certainly part of it. You can tell he comes at discussions uh, honestly. Uh, we need to get back to that list of uh, the various guests of his, his shows that have been taken down, including some of the great thinkers and authors of our time. Right. Yeah, we will have to retell you that story. If you haven't heard it, will, Ro- will Joe Rogan survive the N-bomb controversy from the weekend? If you haven't heard about that, we'll have to get into it. This is kind of good news just out. So the ambassador to the U.N. was on with Jake Tapper on CNN and said, our goal is to make sure our athletes are safe and we're doing everything possible. To ensure that, I can reassure U.S. athletes that the United States government will be standing with them in China and will be be there to protect them. I like that kind of phrasing as opposed to Nancy Pelosi's don't say anything to anger them. Yeah, somebody needs to tell the old bat over there in high heels. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, getting back to Super Bowl prices. Ah, so your hamburger will be expensive. You've just paid thousands of dollars to get in. I hope you've saved at least a little couch change for a burger. But listen to this, would ya? $1,500 for a ticket. Seems insane to me, right? They're selling parking spaces for $1,500 around Super Bowl site. I paid 200 for parking at the Giants-Dodgers game, which is by far the most I've ever paid. Yikes. And he broke the mirror on my Tesla. Oh, nice. Uh, but, Beautiful. um, yeah, yeah. So 1500 for parking. If Ooh. you can get it, get it, friends. But the uh, Midas Auto Repair Shop in Inglewood, right by the stadium, they're charging 1500 bucks a head to park there. I, I would Uber. Why wouldn't you Uber? Uh, most parking passes are listed at three to four hundred dollars and include spots in the lots of Hollywood Park Casino and Midas, among other places. Well, you know, part of the reason I paid so much in San Francisco for Giants Dodgers parking was uh, they have let the town get so scary and full of bums that I didn't want to walk through uh, that far with my kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Way to have a scary town.
Here's a guy who lives a mile from the stadium. He sold a spot in his driveway for $200. As part of the arrangement, <laughs> he agreed to drive the person to the stadium. Awesome. That's a cool deal. Can you do that? Yeah. I mean, you can't do that in my world, but... Of course you can. Yeah. That's great. I would do that. Oh, they have his first name and last in La Times. I hope the guy doesn't get arrested by Gavin Newsom's uh, commerce police. The same people that shut down kids' lemonade stands will come for him. What the hell is going on? Exactly. <laughs> I oh, can't get enough of that clip for some reason. Here's a, I love it. Here's a guy in a gated community just northeast of the stadium. He's shopping around a pair of parking spots, 275 each. I love this. Free enterprise. Somebody wants to buy it, buy it. But, yeah, he'll probably have the California franchise tax Nazis or whatever they're called banging down his door asking for their cut. So Super Bowl is this weekend, huh? Don't. Oh, you're just trying to annoy me. I'll be watching it at house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yes, I'll be uh, at friend's house watching Super Bowl gaining the weight. But when I go to my doctor's office, Jack, I'll present them with a please don't weigh me card. For many people, he says, switching to the text of the article. Where's this from? And using his compassionate voice. Hmm? And using your compassionate voice. For many people, regardless of size, stepping on the scale at the doctor's office can be a triggering, harmful experience. This is already moronic. <laughs> Please don't weigh me cards may offer a solution. What? Ah, I can't take it. I can't let you get through this. I can't take it. <laughs> the number, number one, one we health... need to ban the word trigger. The number one triggering. Ha- the number one health problem we have in America. I was going to say outside of COVID, but actually it fits in with COVID since vastly more people are dying who are obese, it's a terrible thing for COVID. The Absolutely. One, the number one health problem we have in America is obesity. When you're at the doctor, where health and you butt up against each other, you want to eliminate weight from the conversation. Okay, well, that makes no sense. Oh, Jack, 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 you don't understand what a triggering, harmful experience it can be. It's like taking my car to Jiffy Lube. One thing I do not want to talk about is oil changes. We're not going to discuss that. <laughs> That's uh, that's going to hinder things, sir. The cards, which are gaining a ton of online attention, were created by morelove.org, an online resource created to help parents raise, quote, kids who are free from body hate, disordered eating, and eating disorders. Disordered eating and eating disorders and redundancy. <laughs> raise kids free from redundancy and who don't repeat things unnecessarily. And redundancy-free kids. They're they're a subtle way to send a strong message to medical staff. And I quote, please don't weigh me unless it's really medically necessary. If you really need my weight, please tell me why so that I can give you my informed consent. You really need it. And for obvious reasons, for obvious reasons, being weighed, particularly in front of someone else, is rarely a pleasant experience. Thanks to a culture of relentless weight stigma and unrealistic body expectations. Boy, these uh, we we have become a nation of veal calves. We absolutely have. We don't have Number unrealistic one. body expectations. We have unrealistic body. Um, 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 I don't know what the right word would be. Um, acceptance. I think we have an unrealistic body acceptance. We're accepting being way overweight. Include myself of, in this. Of ourselves. Yeah. I have no. Your weight is not my business unless you know we get into socialized medicine. And I'm paying for everything that goes wrong with you or me. Hell, I'm overweight. I ought to lose thirty pounds. I never will, but I should. Um. It's a fundamental aspect of health, I mean, obviously. And here's a hint for you. 
I know this because I'm the guy who makes jokes when they weigh me at the doctor's office. I'll say, I shouldn't have worn my 20-pound pants today. <laughs> that sort of thing. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use that one next time. Of course, if she's under 30, she'll look at me like, oh, okay, old man, you're scaring are, me. Are you coming on to me or are you crazy or both? No. So here's, so here's the hint. Nobody gives a flying F at the doctor's office. Oh, yeah. Among the check you in and ask you what you're there for crowd, have what you, you weigh. Have you ever looked into the dead eyes of the woman with the clipboard? She's not that <laughs> interested in what you weigh. Well, and she's no gazelle herself, all right? Generally speaking, the number of really hefty people working in medicine is, well, it shouldn't be shocking because everybody's chunky in America Yeah, the number days, but... of hefty people doing freaking everything. Right, exactly. On the other hand, Jack... Because we live in a fatophobic society. Doing. Being, being no, we weighed. don't. We don't. We're the opposite. Would you stop interrupting me, please? You're triggering me. Because we live in a fatophobic society, being weighed and talking about weight causes feelings of stress and shame. Many people feel anxiety about seeing the doctor and will avoid going to the doctor in order to avoid the scale. Yeah, well, I've, I've known people who did that because they don't want to have the doctor tell them, look, you got to lose some weight. That's your number one thing, and right. you don't want to hear it. It's like, right. I, you know, one of the reasons I'm not going to the dentist because I've been so long that I don't really want the dentist to tell me all the problems I got and how I need to go to the dentist more often. So I've been putting it off. I know it's stupid, but I know people do that with their weight also. Everybody, call your mom. She misses you and your dad. And make an appointment at the dentist. It's just good for your health. Anyway, uh, you know what we need to do? And this can be done very gently. You know, sometimes I'm slightly less than gentle with my words. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But whether it's Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation begging Scott Gottlieb, when will my toddler be able to get a vaccine? I mean, she's obviously so worried. She's obsessed with her kid not getting COVID-19. We need to get better at this country in pointing out, look, you seem like a nice person, but that's an irrational fear. There's no scientific basis for that fear. You need to think carefully. You need to do some research. You need to get over it. You're not serving yourself by running from a non-existent demon. Somebody's got to say to somebody who's triggered by getting weighed at the doctor's office, look, all they care about is if you've gained or lost a lot of weight. Nobody there cares that you're a little overweight, okay? Nobody does. Half of them are. And it's a good thing to keep track of your weight, okay? And and to act like you're being judged or hated or whatever is just, it's irrational. And anybody doing that's an a-hole anyway. Now, they say there's anti-fat bias in medicine, uh, leads providers to misdiagnose patients in larger bodies and misattribute symptoms to size instead of true underlying conditions. If that's true, that's an interesting sure. medical uh, you know conundrum that they need to solve. But doesn't really have anything to do with refusing to be weighed at the doctor's office yeah yeah what an interesting society yeah it is that reminds me i came across a story uh uh people who are so upset about c- climate change that they need therapy it's a growing oh. thing and I thought, oh yeah it's a yeah. similar similar kind of thing well and as we discussed a little earlier in the show oh my gosh we got to take a break um the climate change thing is a great example. The number of, of little kids who are like seriously stressed to the point of, of tears over climate change is tragic. Well, their teachers tell them that every day. 
Well, right, exactly. And I think it's partly a function of, you know, to break through, you have to just be so loud and so crazy and engage in hyperbole, especially online, that kids are getting the hyperbolic messages that we adults use to break through on Twitter or get attention on Instagram or whatever. But they're kids. They don't have a perspective. And children being uh, being raised in the age of hyperbole, I think, is, is terrible for them. It's incredibly stressful. My kids are not worried about climate change. I've probably gone too far the other direction, but not something they worry about. Um, Peng Shui, the Chinese tennis player, made an appearance over the weekend. What's going on with that story? Mm. Uh, If you haven't heard it. Kids, sell your sled by a pogo stick if you're worried about the global warming. Joe Rogan offered an apology for all the N-bombs he's dropped over the years. We could explain that. If you haven't heard that story, it's pretty interesting. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think I've decided this will be the last competition. Usually after the Olympics, I don't compete much after the games because it's just so much to get here. It's, you know, so much pressure and so much weighing on you. And then finally that relief is so wanted and needed. But yeah, I, I think this will be my last, well, it will be my last competition, which is pretty special too. Sean White, the flying tomato, hanging it up. Had enough. Yeah, he's uh, all grown up now. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a, a, a kids. Is that right? Kid, kids. Uh, seems like a good egg for all of his fame and adventures and the rest of it. He's engaged, I'm told, Joe. Okay. Jumping the gun. Uh, fine. All right. uh, here's the story in the New York Times I mentioned a little bit ago. Oh, and coming up, we'll get fully into the Joe Rogan thing. So uh, a musician released a tape of Joe Rogan dropping lots, lots of N-bombs. We'll explain it all. Rogan apologized. A hundred episodes of his show have been taken down. Some of the guests involved are shocking. All that on the way. This was the New York Times over the weekend. Climate change enters the therapy room. Ten years ago, psychologists proposed that a wide range of people would suffer anxiety and grief over climate. Skepticism is gone now as more and more people seek therapy about climate change. Okay. Wow. I hope that I can keep my kids from feeling that kind of way to the world that actually puts him on the therapist couch around stuff like climate change. But. You know, meanwhile, in, over in Europe, where they lecture us incessantly and, you know, have enormous gas taxes and force their citizens into these tiny little clown cars, uh, Germany has shut down all their nuclear reactors and instead are going to burn natural gas from Russia. They s- shut down half their nuclear reactors this month. Yeah, which what is the hell? Well, last month, January, which is amazing. Yeah, we'd rather burn the fossil fuels. Yeah. <laughs> good German gas, or good Russian gas, yeah. What are you doing, Germany? So, uh, what is going to be one of the top ads at Super Bowl this Sunday? Stop saying Super Bowl without the. <laughs> uh, I did read that, like, uh, a couple of big clients are coming back. <laughs> They went away during COVID? I, I think more people watched during... Anyway, uh, Budweiser's going to be back, and Pepsi and Coke and a lot of the play, players that have always existed for Super Bowl ads. And then it mm-hmm. said on the article, if you'd like a preview of these ads, click here. All right. You're the sort of person that wants to watch the ads before the Super Bowl for some reason. Whatever. Uh, but you know what is going to be one of the big ones? Crypto is making its giant move into Super oh. Bowl ads this year. Huh. Crypto. 
crypto companies striving to become household names, spending millions of dollars. They got a picture here of Matt Damon, who was hired by one of your cryptos. <laughs> here, I got a joke for you. Crypto companies have announced they're going to be spending millions of dollars. Wait, $20. Wait, a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Wait, $50,000. Uh, this year, a 30-second ad on the NBC broadcast costs about $7 million. Listen to we this. ought to run an ad. You want to run an ad? I'm in the advertising business, and I didn't know this. The crypto sector is new to sports sponsorships, yet it is spending more annually than airlines, quick service restaurants, and wine and spirit companies, according to firms that follow advertising. I didn't know wow. that. Wow. Huh. They expect uh, to total $160 million this year, but so it's it's one of your bigger sectors and growing. Uh, I'll be kind of interested on the crypto ads, how they present it. They they talk in the article about how a lot of people don't understand crypto, raising my hand, and going to try to explain to people. You're going to explain to me in a 30-second ad what crypto is and how it works and whether it's a good investment? I don't think you are. No, I just think they're going to try to get their name into your head. So if you decide to, you know, throw a little money at the crypto casino, you you go with Dogecoin or Trump coin, which uh, the Trump right. family is suing for or whatever. I was looking at a car over the weekend, used car, of course, because I buy used. And uh, the guy said, I accept crypto. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't have any, but <laughs> I'll keep that in mind, chum. How do you Thank pay you. him in crypto? Because I, I got plenty to buy your car today. No, I don't. Yes, I do. I can buy two of them. No, I don't have any anymore. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to handle that? Uh, Joe Rogan next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I simultaneously have concern that people don't know who joe rogan is while pointing out that he got paid a hundred million dollars by spotify because he's like the most listened to podcast on the entire planet um i've heard very little of joe rogan mostly <laughs> had his money you know what i would do oh i'd do I, well there, the, the list would be very long of things i would do i'd buy like 50 cars and i would go places and then just leave them <laughs> Keys in the ignition. Maybe a, maybe a post-it note on the dashboard. Take this car. So like, so like yesterday, I had to find a parking spot a long way from this coffee shop I was walking to. Right, right. So if I did this, so I got Joe Rogan's money. I yeah. walked to the coffee shop, and then while I'm in there, I talked to people. I said, can I buy your car? <laughs> I want to buy your car. Here, I'll write you a check for it. It's closer or, than mine. I don't, I'm, I'm ba- abandoning my car. I don't want to walk all the way back. All right, I just pull up to the curb, buy the coffee shop, leave it running. <laughs> Walk into the coffee shop and buy another car on my way out or call Uber. I don't know. I haven't thought it through. So Joe Rogan apologized over the weekend for all the N-bombs he's dropped over the years. Ooh, N-bombs. So a musician compiled every N-bomb Joe Rogan has ever said over 12 years of doing his podcast. They were in the context of discussing the N-word. But it doesn't make any difference in the modern world, as we all know, as Dr. Laura knows. There's lots of people who thought they could pull it off. College professors uh, who thought, surely I can say this word if all I'm doing is discussing the power of the word. Well, in any any sane post-enlightenment civilization, you could. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, so all all strung together, it's fairly shocking because you're not used to hearing the N-bomb that much. And You know, the whole controversy is uh, white people aren't allowed to say it under any circumstances, even if you're just discussing it. And uh, let's hear a little of his apology. Well, a hundred episodes of his show have disappeared from Spotify. Over a hundred for a variety of reasons. Some of them go way back pre-COVID. Some of them don't have N-bombs. So there's other stuff that they're taking down, too. Mm -hmm. But more on that in just a second. Here's his apology. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of... 12 years of conversations on my podcast, and it's all smushed together, and it looks horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, and I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist, but whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, up there's nothing i can do to take that back i do hope that if anything that this can be a teachable moment wow i mean he comes off so innocent there in a lot of ways he's wrong on a couple things i'm defending him like crazy and will continue to but um no it is not sane that you can't even discuss that single racial epithet in the abstract without being called a racist. And Joe Rogan, people are constantly having to say, I'm not a racist these days when they're not, and they haven't done anything to be accused of it. It's just a weapon. It's the weapon. Yeah, the idea that somebody calling me a racist or or me having to say I'm not a racist means I screwed up. What? Yeah, not true. What? Not true at all. See, he see Coates believes every white person is a racist. What the hell are you talking about? So over a hundred episodes of his podcast have disappeared, and people are trying to nail down which ones disappeared and for what reasons. Spotify isn't saying it out loud, uh, so people are trying to piece this together. You know, mm-hmm. there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Well, now there's a hundred and thirteen less, and trying to you know trying to figure out which one's not there. How would you even do that? Somebody will figure that out eventually, I suppose. But, for instance, Michael Malice, who is a guy I'm a big fan of, crazy guy. He's an anarchist, says all kinds of super interesting stuff about all kinds of different things. Fascinating podcast guest. I'd love to, for us to talk to him. But a bunch of his episodes have disappeared. Why? I don't know. He's lumped in with other right-wingers. So here's the list of right... Michael Malice is a quote-unquote right-winger? What? He, he was surprising to him. Trust me. Uh, here's a list of some of the other right-wingers that have been on Joe Rogan's podcast, many of which their episodes have since disappeared. Um, Peter Bogosian, who we've had on, the college professor minute. who... Uh, Portland State, yeah. Brilliant, by the way. Uh, 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 a wonderful, admirable man and a liberal. Uh, he's a, who, who, who says these are right-wingers? I don't know. Russell Brand. Um, the comedian? Yeah, well, he he, uh, he does a lot of serious stuff now, but he's not a right-winger. Sam Harris is on this list, proving trying to prove Joe Rogan's right-wing uh, bias on his podcast and how anybody who says he's not right-winger, oh, yeah, look at this list of right-wing guests he's, he has on Sam Harris. Do you not know who he is? If you don't know who he is, he's the, the atheist left-wing. I mean, he thinks woke are crazy, but he is definitely not a right-winger. 
Oh, oh that reminds me. We have some brilliant stuff from Bill Maher coming up you might want to hear. James Lindsay, Elon Musk. Lindsay, too. Jeez, Jordan Lindsay. Peterson, right winger. Stephen Pinker, right winger. Author of Enlightenment Now, one of the best books to come out in the last 25 years. Barry Weiss. Oh, formerly got, of the New York Times. And then you got other people that could uh, obviously say they're right wingers. As if that's a sin. But, uh, yeah, who, who, who decided that they shouldn't be uh, talked to or heard from? It's just, what's, what a weird time we're living through right now. So confusing to me. Uh, yeah, we are going to play some Bill Maher coming up in a little bit. And Bill Maher has been on Joe Rogan's show a lot. And the the crowd of people that are defending uh, free discussion. You got Bill Maher, you got Barry Weiss, you got uh, Matt Taibbi. These are, all, these are all lefties who are... But one thing they all have in common... I don't know about Barry Weiss, but all the other ones, and I could name some more, are all over 50. I think that makes a difference. I think the age breakdown of liberals, I think that is a, it's a, is a, I think that's your demarcation right there. Yeah. Are you yeah. under 35 or over 50? Well, I, uh, you know, you use the word confusing. I'm not confused by these times at all. Um, I think, and I know you know what they are. Joe it's is clear, clear of eye. Well, and I'll explain in a second after a quick word from our friend and beloved sponsor, Simply Safe Home Security. Ever wanted to know what's happening at your front door when you're not at home? Well, we're big fans of the new wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. It lets you see what's happening outside right from your phone, alerts you when anyone approaches, so you always know who's there. You combine that with your customized Simply Safe Home Security system, you're going to love it. You're going to love the feeling of safety. Yeah, it's less than a dollar a day for what some people call, uh, news organizations call, the best home security system you can get. You can set it up in around 30 minutes yourself, no long-term contracts or commitments. I think that's because they don't feel like they've got to make you commit. You're going to like it. You're going to use it. You're going to want to stay with them. Yep, love this. It alerts you when somebody's at your door. So if you're expecting a package, you can have your neighbor swing by and grab it before the porch pirates get it, for instance. You can customize the perfect symptom system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So what is what is the market force, just to look at the other side of it? Because Joe Rogan just has conversations with a lot of people. Almost all those people I mentioned right there, in my mind, would fall into the category of mainstream. Mm-hmm. All of those yeah. people are mainstream, um, as opposed to, like, really out there, wackadoo, dangerous. And what is the concern that, like, they'll convince too many people? But anyway, here's my thought experiment. So if you had a um, uh, a really charismatic... I'm going to drop an H-bomb. Hitler-type person. If Hitler had a podcast, this is 1936, Hitler's got a podcast, and it's hugely popular. Hugely popular. I mean, it's one of the most popular podcasts in America. Welcome to the Mein Kampf podcast, sponsored by Berlin Wiener Schnitzel. Berlin Wiener Schnitzel. Always tender, always delicious. Anyway, back to what's wrong with the juice. Um, Yeah, so... We wouldn't want as a society for that for that guy to have a megaphone or to be able to grow. You know, it, it's growing. It's getting more and more popular. Um, but but what mechanism? I'm trying to see where the line is on this. Beat stuff. him with better ideas. Not that Joe Rogan's without a thousand miles of that sort of thing. No, certainly not. No, if he was adv- actively advocating genocide, well, then things could be done. But 
the idea that his ideas of political, uh, you know, uh, formations or the, the nature of government are wrong, defeat him with better ideas. I wouldn't even be worried about that. There are all sorts of neo-Nazis online, and, and some of them had a lot of followers, but their ideas stink. And so, you know, they're not yeah. adopted by people. You know, I guess the, um, yeah, that's a good point. I guess the answer is that there aren't super popular podcasts like that. Because no. there aren't enough people to listen to them that would really dig it. Whereas there are for Joe Rogan stuff where he says, should we have masks? Should what, what should you take if you get the COVID? What have you tried? Did this work for you? Oh, my God, you can't have that conversation. What is I know, wrong with people? Well, it's, it's, it's a straight out of Mao's cultural revolution. It is the silencing of ideas by force you don't agree with. It's ugly. And you know the difference between watching like uh, the World War II or World War I, for instance, uh, you know, the, the movies that exist in uh, the footage in black and white. And then uh, Peter Jackson did that wonderful thing, They Will Not Grow Old, in which he colorized them perfectly. And you could see... Oh my gosh, they're just people like us. Uh, I, for whatever reason, maybe it's because I'm such a fan of history. I can picture, I can picture history in color. I understand that the people who were forced to their knees and beaten in, in Mao's cultural revolution were just like me. Well, that was or, in the sixties. We had color, but I see your point. Or in Nazi Germany or whatever. Those, those are not people of the past who are fundamentally different from people of the present. Right. They were brutally uh, subjugated by their fellow citizens and their government, and the silencing of the free exchange of ideas is absolutely the first thing you have to do. You know, next you're going to take the guns, but um, the idea that we can, we, the United States of America in the 21st century, would never go too far down this road. We just, you know, some of those people Joe Rogan talks to, they said stuff about COVID that I don't agree with, so maybe we're better off silencing them. You have no idea the beast you're unleashing. If you acquiesce to that sort of thing, choose a side, choose it today. I guarantee with most of your all uh, attitudes about COVID and the way the government's handled and everything like that, you're going to love this piece from Bill Maher from his Friday night show we got coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And L.A. is in the Super Bowl. The team, did you see the big game? L.A. and San Francisco and all the politicians from the state were there and not wearing masks. They got a picture of them. Well, they said they just took the mask off for the picture. Uh, Mayor Garcetti said, he literally said this. He said, I held my breath the whole time. At least when Bill Clinton said he didn't inhale, he was getting high, you know? <laughs> Held his breath. Come on. Everybody reacted to that the same way, right? I love that. <laughs> yeah, and Stacey Abrams posing without a mask in front of a bunch of masked, abused little school children. Yep, we saw it. Outrageous. Every state in the country is reporting dropping COVID cases at this point by a lot. The Omicron wave is over. Cases are down almost 60% nationwide Wow! on the two-week average, although deaths are still up. We're still about 2,600 a day, but that'll come down too shortly. But anyway, Bill Maher was on a roll Friday night about the whole COVID thing and that Johns Hopkins study that we mentioned. Here we go. 
A study this week from a professor at Johns Hopkins concluded that the lockdowns we all suffered through had little impact in reducing COVID deaths. Okay, that's kind of a big one to get wrong. Last July, President Biden said, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Well, I already knew that was wrong then, and now we all do. The former director of the CDC, Robert Redfield, believes COVID originated in a lab. And now our intelligence agencies agree it might have. But for months on social media, it was banned to even discuss it. Look, I'm not saying the medical establishment isn't trying to figure shit out or that they're corrupt, although there is some of that. Just wrong. Wrong a lot. Wrong about lockdowns, wrong about kids, wrong about how you couldn't get it if you were vaccinated. Remember washing our packages? And there's never been any research showing that outdoor transmission is likely or common, yet L.A. County says we're still supposed to mask up for big outdoor events, like we'll be at the Super Bowl. Well... <laughs> supposed to. It's all theater, watching athletes mix it up on the court and then mask on the sideline, not being able to touch a menu, but watching them touch my food. <laughs> Maskless at dinner while sitting but not standing. How much wrong do you get to be while still holding the default setting for people who represent the science? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> From a left-winger. Well, he's sane. I mean, and he's still a left-winger, and, and he's got all sorts of opinions I think are, are wrong, but he's sane. Right. It is insane. The I was thinking about the whole, because I was just walking down the hallway, I put on my mask. Of course, if I drink coffee, you can take your mask down. I was thinking about this the other day. If the disease was as scary as some people claim it is, um, or feel like it is, then you wouldn't allow people to walk through the airport with no mask because you're drinking a Coke. No, you would say, no, you, you don't get to drink anything. You're right. just going to have to suffer without eating or drinking because this is too important. The idea that we make exceptions if you have a cup of coffee in your hand shows how silly the whole damn thing is. It's theater. As it, he is, said. it is theater. And God dang it, we all know this. The more the moronic idea of wearing my mask till I sit down at the restaurant than taking it off. I mean, could anything be more unscientific than that? <laughs> well, and what's really disturbing is everybody knows it. I mean, everybody's been talking about it for a long time. Comedians, lefty, righty, whatever. Everybody jokes about it because it's so absurd. And I'm at so many businesses that go to great pains, pains with their plastic shield and the wiping off the pens. Where was it the other day where they had the... Uh, they had the, uh, the, 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 they desanitized it. Here, I need you to sign this, but first let me get you a desanitized pen. I said, I don't care. Well, we have to do this. What? I know. What are we doing? I know. It's idiotic. I just, I worry that it is systematically numbing us to the ability to stand up and say, this is ridiculous. I won't comply. There are never any uh, carts at the grocery store I go to or the Target I go to because they, they limited the number of carts so that they can keep up with sanitizing them. What are you doing? Give me a dirty one. I don't care. Yeah, that's not the way people catch COVID. We've only known that for two freaking years now. Yeah. Well, a year and a half. Yeah. And the kids, the abuse of the kids, that's what really gets me. I mean, I can fend for myself. I can make my own decisions. But being virtually the only country on earth, I think Italy is doing this too, that has small children in masks all day at school, that is child abuse. It's unconscionable. It's idiotic. It has no basis in science. Yeah, and we'll continue for a while, I'm afraid. I wanted to read this. I forgot we had this. 
Um, last week, despite daily COVID-19 cases at record highs, Denmark decided to do away with all its pandemic restrictions. No more mask mandates, no more vaccine obligations, no more isolation requirements. You know, I don't know why they did that, but it could have been in reaction to the Johns Hopkins study. That would be the normal way to react to that. The mm-hmm. biggest meta study of all over the world has just come out and lockdowns didn't work. Oh, okay. Well, then let's drop all the requirements. That's what Denmark decided. Well, and, and not to nitpick, but Mars had a professor at Johns Hopkins. No, it was a panel of academics reviewing a couple of dozen of the best, most thorough studies done on Earth. By the way, Denmark did that, which Sweden, Norway, and Spain have since echoed. So all those countries have dropped everything. And I think since that study came out. And we know. got four-year-olds wearing masks. Yep. And we're sanitizing pens. God, we're for a stupid reason. country now for some reason. Is it is it the Trump derangement syndrome plus fear of liability plus little tin horn dictators who aren't used to wielding this sort of power and they're they've gone all mall cop on us? I don't know. It's a stew of of horror. It's not all show though. I know people who are legit worried about COVID all the time. Somebody has to explain to them in what way they're being irrational. Are we going to be a rational society or are we not? Are we going to be a pre-enlightenment witchcraft, you know, year 1200 society wearing garlic around our necks to ward off vampires? <laughs> I will not wear your GD garlic. Ah, that's a good one. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.